Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Hi, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today, I thought I would take a moment to explain how I came to focus on construction within my industry. Most of the time when I'm introduced to someone, and they say, what do you do for a living? I'll say, of course, I'm an interior designer. And I usually get two reactions. The first is, ooh, that sounds like so much fun. And then they go on and on and on about either their own experiences or more often likely in the last you know, number of years about HGTV and their favorite shows. And what do I think about all of that? And if you've been following me, you know what I think about all that. But I'm always, I'm always very kind. I do try to educate a hint or two uh, during those conversations, but I'm also not going to be the killjoy and ruin their, um, basically their TV break from reality, right? That wouldn't be kind of me. So I, of course, wouldn't do that. So then the other reaction I get, if they kind of dive in a little bit more and ask, do I do commercial work? Do I do residential work? You know, and I'll give them a nanosecond version of my resume because I've been doing this long enough that I actually have done residential, commercial, and sort of everything in between. And then I usually explain that about 60% of my working year is spent in construction. And usually there's just a pregnant pause because I don't think they envision that, right? When they hear interior designer, they picture furniture and paint and fabrics and, you know, interactions with the homeowners and things like that. And and that is all true. But I'm here to explain there's a large number of us in this industry in the kind of overriding umbrella of my industry that do home renovation construction, and also commercial construction, which I've also done. And I don't know really why it sort of falls through the cracks. I haven't quite figured it out. And mainly, I didn't realize it fell through the cracks until I left New York City and moved back home and realized that I was sort of the unicorn in my industry in a smaller town. Because in New York, it was it was common. My graduate school, the, the New York School of Interior Design, construction and architecture was woven into every single class that we took. So I, I thought that was normal. And, and inevitably, these conversations lead to, oh, is that why you call yourself a designer and not a decorator? And, you know, I hate getting into that game because I don't care. And, and people have said, oh, do you, do you mind when people call you a decorator? No, I personally, and I can't speak for others, but I personally do not. I do if I feel that they're saying it in a derogatory manner, but most of the time they're not. They're just saying it because that's the term that they've always used. But I guess maybe I don't have any statistical data as to why people call themselves designers over decorators. But again, it just sort of came out of my graduate program and the, the women I worked with afterwards and pretty much everybody in my career. 
So I hope that explains kind of the two paths that fall under the term interior designer and or decorator. And my path to the construction was was always sort of well known to me. But if for those of you who've, who've been following me and have been patient with me, my my father died suddenly at the end of February of natural causes. And so we have and now we're in May and we just buried him this past weekend. And You all have been so patient with me. My clients have been abundantly patient with me as I have tried to manage both work and helping my mother and estate issues and, you know, all of the things, if you've been through this, that, you know, are normal and expected upon death. Now, I'm fortunate. I have, my mother is still living. And so I, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to a friend the other day about it and who was just going through her father just recently died as well. And we were discussing how we sort of knew there was this kind of club of I've lost a parent. And obviously we have friends who are quote club members, but we never really fully understood the meaning of it or the depth of it. And obviously the price of, of admission is, is not great, right? But the one thing I will say is I feel like I'm peeling an onion back. And while, of course, I knew my father extraordinarily well as a dad and, and was blessed to have a really awesome, dynamic, fun-loving dad who treated us to my sister and me to an amazing childhood. But, you know, I knew him as dad, right? And so the more we sort of peeled back those layers, went through his things, um, I started to learn who he was as a man, as a boy, as a teenager. And, And it was really fascinating at how many intersections of my life actually most likely started with his life. And then again, beyond him. So a little backstory is I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. And the reason I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware is because both of my grandfathers worked for the DuPont company and it's headquartered here in Wilmington, Delaware, where I currently live as well. And my mother's father, actually my mother's grandfather brought her family to Delaware. He was the head of explosives during the war. What a crazy stories there, by the way. But my other grandfather, my father's father, was an engineer, and he built plants all around the country for the DuPont Company. And I was blessed to live five miles from both sets of grandparents and spent quite a bit of time in their homes. And my engineer grandfather had a drafting table in the basement, sort of in this finished area where he used as you know an extended office. And I would pour over his drawings. And now, of course, I've never built a plant. They're not sexy. He never would have told me they were sexy. Um, but he was your prototypical engineer. He was a quiet man, very loving, very smart, truly the plastic pocket protecting uh, wearing guy with the pens in his pocket and, and just really charming. And and I still miss him today. But I always credited him with my interest in building. And um, now that I am peeling back the the layers of the onion on my father, I guess it's coming through both. And my dad was um, a banker his entire life. And I vaguely remember, but didn't really remember until I was reminded that at one point, he wanted to be an architect. And my mother mentioned the other day that he'd actually applied for 
architecture school at the University of Virginia. Now, keep in mind, my parents were high school sweethearts, and they got married the summer after my dad graduated from college. And my mother was two years behind him and finished a two-year college. So they graduated the same year. And I didn't know that dad had applied to the University of Virginia's architecture school. But apparently, midsummer, shortly before they got married, he was offered a job at a very well-known, well-respected bank here in town. And he took it because he felt it was a stable path forward in life. And, you know, this was the 60s. And I'm sure his conservative engineer father suggested it was a good idea. So I asked mom, I said, well, did he ever get in? And she said, you know, I don't know. And she said, if I did know, I don't remember. So of course, you know, I'm sure if you all have, any of you have experienced death, you're left with questions like, oh man, I would really like to know. But obviously my, so my father had an artistic side to him. He carved decoys, he painted in college. I have some of his artwork hung in my home, but he never spoke about this architecture. And I'm just flummoxed quite frankly, by it, because he saw me, he purchased for me a drafting board for my apartment in New York. He saw all of my plans. He saw me sweat him out over vellum and nights, you know, until, you know, two in the morning trying to get plans done for my class the next day. And he never really talked about it. Now he supported me 120, 150, 100, 200% of the time and um, would sort of panic a little about my quote artistic endeavors because of course he now was the solid businessman in the banking industry, but he never dissuaded me from being anything but what I am today. And for that, obviously, I'm truly blessed. Now, he would ask me about my projects and I would talk to him about, you know, redesigning this or shifting that. And and he would, you know, show some interest, but he never really took it to that next level. And it's possible because I openly used to credit his dad for my skill set. So maybe he just wanted to let his dad shine through. That's entirely possible. So the point of this is that that really building is in my bones. I know now that it is truly in my DNA, the the architecture, the spatial awareness. You know, for instance, I didn't know I can see in 3D. I can look at plans and see it in 3D. And I honestly thought that was normal until I got to graduate school and I saw fellow classmates just struggle with it. And I'd be looking at them going, why don't you get it? Like, can't you see this? If this wall would go here and the door jam would be there. And then and they're looking at me going, I can't see it. And so I I learned that that is, I don't believe it's something that you can be taught. And it was obviously something I was just simply born with. And I will say one of my children, I won't out which one can do the same thing. And it's fascinating to listen to it. The other one, I don't think has that same knack, might be um, fudging it along the way to stay in the conversation. But again, I these are all things that I just feel like I'm peeling the onion back and learning that Yes, I'm sure you can be taught, and I have been taught endless amounts of information, but I do believe, and you know, the old saying, if you do what you love, work is never work. And I believe that because while I may complain and grumble about certain aspects of my work, I've never felt it truly being work because it lights me up 
it drives my engine. It gets me going every time. A new project is like Christmas morning, you know, uncovering the surprises and what is going, what gift will be given throughout it. And while honestly, the last two months have been pretty brutal, peeling back those layers of the onion, I'm finding strength in it as well, knowing that this truly is my path. And my sharing my knowledge with others is truly my gift from my family to others. So while I, of course, will continue to channel my grandfather's skill sets, I'm not going to actually start building plants because I don't find them that interesting. But I did learn a lot about HVAC systems and electrical systems and how things work from him. This new path that I've been exploring with this online course, my dad was actually pretty fascinated about. Now, he was my dad, so he was also anxious about it. You know, his concerns, he didn't quite get it. He, God bless him, still had an AOL account, which tells you his tech level. But he thought it was fascinating how interested people have become in building beyond the decorative, the soft elements of the other side of what I do, the, the furniture, the finishing, the paint and fabrics. His only concern was knowing how open I am with knowledge and sharing. His hope was that people would take my information and really grow from it and really learn from it because he knew just how passionate I am about what I do. So to summarize, I guess I've just learned why I am where I am today. And while I knew sort of the broad strokes, I didn't really understand how embedded in my DNA, my love for this industry really is. And I will admit, I have thought about going into other industries when I've grumbled too long or issues have lasted too long, and I never came up with anything else I wanted to do not even be an architect. Actually, I wouldn't want to be an architect. It's not how my brain works. And so I hope that you will gain the knowledge I have learned through an excellent education and decades of experience being on the job site day in and day out. Because for me, that would be fulfilling my ultimate goal. And for those of you who have been in this club of children with a deceased parent, I get it now. Definitely a club I knew I would join at some point. Not really enjoying the membership, but glad to have good company. So as always, on my website, you can find more information about the course, also named Only Girl on the Job Site, paint tips, construction management, setup, so much information on the website just to get you confident and knowledgeable about your next renovation project, or even the project you're already on, but really feel you need a little bit more guidance. It's all on the website, or you can always send me an email, shoot me a DM on social media, and I'd be happy to guide you, answer your questions, and point you in the right direction. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. 
that will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone. As I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.